welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. Our desire is to remain in God's presence, explore His passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire our city. Hey everybody, how are y'all doing today? My name is David. Really excited to talk. Um, I do feel like a guest speaker. I have not spoken, I think, in 2020, or maybe it was earlier this year. So it feels really good to be back. I'm excited to engage with you guys. I've been thinking about our topic matter for today all week. But yeah, what a gift. Today I want to talk about anxiety. It's going to be awesome. I want to do it performance art style, so I have not prepared anything. And I'm hoping to have an anxiety attack in front of you (laughs) as you watch me piecemeal together a sermon off whatever's in the back. I'm just kidding. I am going to talk about anxiety, and I'm very excited about it. Um, Anxiety is something that, uh, that I feel like it's a, I would say it's pretty timely. If we could treat today like a a 2020 mental health check-in, that would probably be a big victory for everybody. If, uh, if I start talking about anxiety and your neighbor starts breaking down crying, maybe just like put a hand on them. It's been a tough year for some people. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like anxiety affects us all to some degree. Some people actually may not experience anxiety. That'd be fantastic. I want to talk to you after and just find out what's going on. How are you doing that? <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah. Really excited about today. Um, two weeks ago, I had a really cool experience at the Denton uh, Community Group. It's a group on Thursday nights that um, the Denton's put together. And um, everybody was in a big, big circle uh, talking about, really, we're just, you guys were walking us through Romans, but this sentiment came out about the need for vulnerability. And it was really interesting. Like, nobody was leading the conversation. Everyone just kind of started chiming in on the the aspect that whatever is in the dark, whatever is hidden, has so much power, has so much power. But as soon as you drag it out into the light, it's just absolutely neutered. And um, and Wes Brewster, I don't know if, hey, Wes was in here. And uh, Wes had such a cool saying. He's like, man, I want everyone around me to be able to love all of me. I'm not trying to hide little bits and pieces. And, um... Man, that, that really got me thinking about what do we have lurking in the dark? What do we have um, that we're not even trying to intentionally um, intentionally hide, but just things we don't always talk about? And anxiety can be one of those steady hums uh, in the back of our heads that we all deal with. Um, so the scripture that I want to start off with today is Colossians 3.15. You got that up? I want to do the amplified version. All right, let the peace of Christ, which is the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you are called as members in one body of believers. Sorry about that. (laughs) It's coming at me fast. And be thankful to God always. All right, cool. I'm going to pray and we're going to kick this thing off. Father God, man, we are just honored to be gathered around you today, to be gathered around a Father. Thank you for the context that you chose, um, and that was family, and that was fatherhood. So, um, man, we want to we want to tap into your heart on what you say about anxiety, what you say the root issues are, um, what you say uh, how we should deal with it, and we want to be blessed. We want to leave changed. Um, 
don't just want some good kind of anxiety facts in our head. We want to encounter the living God. So just pray for a spirit of revelation in the house right now. Just pray, just soften this room right now. Just soften this room. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. And we just say, come minister to us. We want to leave changed. Amen. All right, cool. Um, I, I, uh, I have a long history with anxiety. Uh, it was a, a, a feature of my family. Um, some people may be able to relate to this. Um, I, I started my doctorate in, the, in uh, anxiety. It's like first grade, I guess, kindergarten. I don't know. Whenever you start observing information, I started doing a lot of research and development into anxiety. And uh, yeah, it was like um, uh, the concept that a, a fish doesn't know that water is wet. It just grows up in water. It swims around. That's what anxiety was uh, for my family. Um, it was not maliciously brought into our family. It was not uh, intentionally brought in, but it was something that uh, we all lived with and, uh, and we all dealt with. Um, the, uh, there was a utility for anxiety. Uh, anxiety was how we got things done with excellence, uh, whether it was a school project. I, mean, I can remember it's like three in the morning, before my project is due the next day, I'm in like sixth grade, and I'm putting like Theodore Roosevelt's face on the, what do you call the three panel picture boards? Science project poster boards. I've probably had three months to get this thing finished, and it's worth like 80% of my grade, and just like fuel, me and my mom are just fueled by anxiety and glue sticks, and like I'm you know, we both know that we're going to turn this thing over and have this crazy story and I'm going to get an A and it's going to be awesome. But like, neither of us thought like, maybe this is kind of weird. <laughs> maybe it doesn't have to be done like this. We didn't ask that question a lot. We just ran on the performance enhancing drug of anxiety. Like we kind of shoot up some anxiety and get things done. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like to the point, um, I, I was physically affected by anxiety like uh, I chose my seat at school closest to the door or a window in case I had to to vomit because I had just waves of nausea that's how I literally scanned every situation was how close to the door can I be I remember going to carpool in a minivan uh with like five other kids and like I would definitely like I would fight for that seat so I could slide the door open and the funny thing is I never actually threw up it was just the threat of throwing up um I really I thought you just died if you threw up in the van I didn't know. They just wrapped you up and called it a day. That was it. You had a good, you had a good fight. Um, so yeah, it was it was uh, it was just kind of a, a learned fact and something um, something that just grew up with. Um, does anybody else have any of that experience? Some people, not everybody. Definitely expect that to be varied. I think some people grew up in kind of different environment. Um, so it's kind of funny, like. <clears throat> you, you kind of just think you grow out of this thing. Like, actually, it's been really interesting this year, the amount of the topic of anxiety I assumed that I had victory over. Um, but man, just just because something doesn't cripple your life doesn't necessarily mean you rooted it out and, and, and God gets to fix it, right? So um, apparently 2020 has explained to me and <laughs> brought back up that I have anxiety issues. <laughs> It's been tremendous. It's been a very fun year. Um, so again, it's kind of it's kind of lurking. I think that I have victory over it. It's not a huge deal for me. Um, two, uh, sorry, last week, last Sunday, Amber and I had this really interesting experience. Um, Amber's my wife, um, and she was up here leading worship. Um, Amber's in the back. My beautiful wife. Love you so much, babe. Um, let me get my water. 
So we had like kind of a, I don't want to say a mountaintop experience Sunday last week, but man, it was an awesome Sunday. Like from pre-service prayer all the way through worship, sermon, everything was great. Everything was great. So we go home, putting the kids in bed uh, for nap time, and uh, I just get crippled. I was like, it literally had to be in the fetal position uh, on my lazy boy, and I'm just getting assaulted, like kicked in the teeth by like the worst thoughts ever. It's <laughs> like demeaning, like you're, it, the, every forecasted fear I could ever have is just coming at me and, and just wave after wave. And it was really weird. I would bring him up to Amber. She's like, well, are you okay? You look awful. And, uh, you know, I'd tell her what I'm dealing with. And as I say it, as it comes out of my mouth, I realize how ridiculous that it sounds. It's just like a hallmark of anxiety, right? And then, um, so my wave kind of passed. And then, like, Amber was like, I guess she felt left out. Like, she wanted to have an anxiety attack. So Amber has her anxiety attack. And, again, she's telling me the things that are hitting her and, like, all of her fears and everything that she just feels awful as a person about. And I'm like, babe, that's the craziest stuff ever. None of that stuff's true. It's just outrageous. Um, so, you know, we did a reset. I knew I was speaking this Sunday and I was like, man, God is talking about anxiety. I've got this vulnerability thing that I've just so marked by from the Denton group. And that concept is just refreshed in my mind that need to be talking about stuff that lurks in the back. And, uh, and then Amber and I hit with this like, you know, freak anxiety attack last week. And I just had a lot of conversations with people and it's like, like, it's on a lot of people's minds. So, um, what is going on? What is at the heart of anxiety? What's at the root of anxiety? Um, why, why are some people dealing with this? Why are we dealing with this? Uh, what's at the heart of the topic? Um, anxiety is like really interesting um, because uh, fear and anxiety are not the same thing, right? So fear is like a present perceived or real threat, right? It's actually in front of you. I could describe it. Anxiety is forecasted fear. Fear is, I'm drinking a Slurpee at the gas station, I throw it over my shoulder, it hits a jacked up truck, a six foot four mongrel gets out, and he wants to beat me up for throwing a Slurpee on his truck. Like, that's a real threat. I have to deal with that. I have to figure out how, if I can run away, if I can try and fight, whatever. If I'm going to get beat up and then lie about it to my friends and tell them that I won the fight, that's a, that's a real threat. Anxiety is honestly, it's like abstract situations that have not like materialized or even come close to materializing um, that just present a potential bad, bad scenario. I mean, that's, that's really it. Um, and so it, it really has to do at the root of it um, with uh, idolization, right? What am I worshiping? What or who or what thing am I worshiping? So um, if I am... I don't know if you're like me. I'm really bad at forecasting. That's not, Landon's actually really good at forecasting. I know people who are good at it. Um, I can't tell you what next year is going to look like. So that actually hurts me when I do get into anxiety mode because I can think of a, a slightly potential scary situation and then my inability to forecast correctly now partners with a little fear. Like, man, we're in a bad spot. We're in a real bad spot. Right? And that's with like 16 topics at once. That's what like an anxiety attack is. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's the root of it. Who's on the throne is the big question. And um, oh yeah, I forgot. That's the, that is the name of the sermon today. Who's on the throne. And that is a somewhat heavy-handed way of saying who has the most influence in your life. What or who 
has the most influence in your life and in my life. The best way to think about influence, um, so we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, right? You just picture two thrones. They live in your heart, right? God's got a throne. I shouldn't say throne for us. I don't know. Uh, you've got a seat, too, at the table. Um, what happens when we start to idolize uh, anxiety, when we start to, uh, to get tripped up in, in an anxiety attack, we have accidentally kicked God out of the throne of his seat, and we take that seat over. And we start calling the shots and assigning resources and ideas and quarterbacking this whole thing, but very poorly, right? So um, that's the root of it. That's the root of it is, um, is who's on the throne. Who's on the throne? Um, so what that tells me is that we need, uh, we need really good options. And I'm not going to lie. None of this is like rocket science. I guess this could be like a refresher course for a lot of people. If this is new information for you, I don't mean that to be offensive. But this is, to some degree, very logical. So it has to do with, uh, with two things. Um, can we get uh, Philippians, um, Philippians up? I think it's four. Four through seven. All right, cool. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Okay, if someone's in the middle of an anxiety attack and you quote this verse to them, they might attack you. <laughs> now, that is not to demean the power. The, the, all the power is in this verse. There's a time and a place for everything. The most important part, and can we go back to, um, back to the beginning? Okay, rejoice in the Lord always. Man, guys, that, that is a... Uh, that, that used to hit, hit me as kind of a kitschy or catchy Christian slogan. Rejoice in the Lord always, brother. Right? Who's going to disagree with that, that statement? That is the best way to start any closing statement of a book in the Bible. Rejoice in the Lord always. Um, actually, it's always, and it blows my mind. That's an engineered, that is a specifically engineered tool in the kingdom. Um, the tool of uh, praise and worship. So when you start to rejoice in the Lord, uh, obviously a lot of things happen uh, that are just kind of like they come along with it. If I'm rejoicing in the Lord, I am thankful, right? I, I am worshipful, and if I'm worshiping, it's already been decided what or who I'm worshiping. So the whole concept of what I might accidentally be idolizing in my anxiety, uh, that, the part's already taken care of as soon as you hop into praise and worship. And I'm not saying it has to feel great. Um, I had was cycling through some thoughts last night and I, you know, I'm, I'm 35 years old. I still use the same formula. It's, I don't have another formula. I don't think a new one's going to be presented. I just start thanking God, man, God, you're awesome. Thank you. I feel awful right now. I feel miserable. doesn't help at all how I feel, but you're awesome. <laughs> so I started cycling through that. Then, uh, the next part is, uh, is the most fundamental piece or I guess where we actually go do work. It's taking every thought captive. So uh, it definitely, like, the, the mental, the, the visual for me that helps me out so much is literally dragging stuff up to the feet of Jesus. Um, so dragging those thoughts, dragging that, that forecasted fear, dragging that anxious thought to the feet of God, and uh, you don't have to do anything else other than ask what his opinion is. 
Okay? So this implies a few things. It implies we, we talk to God. It implies we know how to talk to God. It implies that we trust the voice of God. Um, so there's definitely, uh, you know, there's some, some groundwork to be done. But that, that back and forth with God, getting his opinion, getting his feedback on what that situation is, is, uh, is the only way this thing's going to be successful. And what that means is, that, yeah, God does, uh, God does all of the defining. Um, so, yeah. The last point and I think uh, would be the most important, honestly, the most important thing. Um, this, and I want to go after this, and we're going to do some ministry on this, um, the breakthrough piece with the Father. Now, I don't think it's good enough uh, or that it's adequate enough that we all leave here today and we understand the two-step anxiety program and we understand the right words to kick out. Um, I don't think that's what you want, and that's not what I want. I'm hungry for what, what's deeper. And... What's deeper is uh, having a, a history um, of the power of Jesus and the power of his gospel. Um, I'm extremely inspired by how, uh, how the, the new church lived their lives um, after, after Jesus ascended and they were, they were kicking off the new church, the amount of faith they lived by. And uh, really, in some degrees, it wasn't even faith. They had just seen too much. They had seen too much of Jesus to make any other decision that was based off of bad information. Um, you, you've got a, in Acts, um, two of the main church leaders get, get brought in front of the religious leaders of the day, the Sanhedrin, and uh, they, 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 they want them to shut up. They want them to stop talking about Jesus. And um, the Sanhedrin are just like super confused because these guys, they can tell, are not rocket scientists. They're just like, Y'all are not like geniuses here, but y'all speak with authority and things change. People are getting healed. Like, I don't know where to put that in my brain. So the only thing they could do is tell them to shut up. Like, stop talking. Just stop. And, like, you know, I think it was, uh, I know Paul was one of the guys. It was, um, their, their response was so interesting. It was like, man, I can't. I've seen too much. All I can do is talk about what I've seen. And what I've seen doesn't reconcile with just not talking. So, like, that encounter piece is what, um, what we're so yearning for. And I think that's what we always want to be pressing in for. This, this here, our one-two step, that's, I use this, that's how we're going to keep marching through life. But we got to be just digging in for that encounter. So, um, so, yeah, let's just do a little ministry time. I'm going to start praying. Um, yeah, Landon, you can just come up whenever, whenever you're ready. Um, yeah, Father God. Thank you that you are the final decider. Thank you that, that your opinion is the one that matters. Yeah, so I just pray for breakthrough in this room right now. I pray for impossible situations, um, our, our, our deepest fears, the things that we hold on to as though we have a right um, to be fearful about them. Yeah, I just pray you administer those, those situations right now. And yeah, at the root of this, Jesus, we need encounter with you. We need encounter with you. We need uh, your miracle working power. We want a history built um, of your breakthrough and you coming through.
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit cedarhousechurch.com.